0: welcome to the unusual creatures podcast a podcast about the unusual creatures that fall in love stay stray come back and sometimes leave this insane business of artistry and show
1: against all odds our guests have persevered and told stories using their mediums of choice now these are their stories and our stories
0: the incredible people who you might know by sight whose names you may not recognize whose work you've definitely experienced or will one day experience.
1: Art is a ripple effect, and these artists' creativity makes a lasting impact. Let's hear more. Good morning, good evening, and good night, ladies, gentlemen, gender non-conforming humans. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Unusual Creatures podcast. My name is Jenny Gomez.
0: And I'm Thomas Dane
1: and we are thrilled that you are listening today and thrilled to talk to our guest today.
0: Yes, yes, welcome back for another week. Thank you for joining us yet again. Stalkers, Thank we you. love you. Yes.
1: Oh my god, the sycophants like you say, Tom, bring them on. Tom Tom wants all the Twitter trolls to come at him and then he's just going to host a dinner at his house for them. <laughs> <laughs> so, how was your week, Jenny? It was good. It was good. It's spring is, is springing is sprunging
0: it's sprunging. It is, it is among, is upon us. It is coming. Thank
1: we have, it, we, yes, we have possibly a dip in this virus. Possibly. I think everybody like stopped giving a fuck. And even if there isn't a dip, I think we're all just going to start living our lives again. So I'm True. excited to just be outside. We had a porch hang, had some sparkling wine on a porch in the sun yesterday. Oh, so nice. I have no complaints.
0: And hopefully when this airs, um, you know, Nuclear weapons will not have destroyed us all.
1: And so no, we're keeping
0: positive, keeping positive thoughts. We're not gonna you know? go
1: there. We're gonna talk about <laughs> gonna, beautiful things today. Beautiful
0: thing. Let's talk about you know how I love to dip in the darkness. So let's 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 dip in some light. Let's who who do we have this week, Jenny? I'm very excited.
1: Yes, me too. It's today this week we have our first photographer and yes. a working photographer at that. Yes. Unheard of. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Unheard of! <laughs> like a real photographer that like understands the art and the discipline of of being a photographer, um, and not just like all of us laymen's walking around with it with a smartphone in their pockets, pretending mm-hmm. to take too many Instagram photos. Um, I'm super excited to talk to Liz Clayman today. I've known Liz. I think we I think we identified more than ten years, probably closer to fifteen. She shot some portraits for a theater company I was working at in New York many, 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 many moons ago. And then when I was working at a nonprofit in Times Square called the Times Square Alliance, I hired her to shoot a food festival. Um, And she's the consummate professional and so talented, I can't even describe. And she has a niche in the food industry. So she shoots a lot of food and beautiful restaurants and beautiful cocktails, amongst other things. And I'm super excited to dig into Liz about what that means to sort of be in a niche.
0: But now I'm hungry. Yeah, I I'm know. Hungry. Now I'm starving. I'm <laughs> hungry for Liz. So <laughs> I'm, hungry for, I'm hungry for lunch. I'm hungry for Liz. Hello,
2: Liz. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. That was quite the, uh, the blushing intro, Jenny.
1: So Liz, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So stoked to have you. Introduce yourself. Tell, tell the Unusual Creatures audience, who is Liz Clayman? Oh, the wow. origin
0: story.
2: Wow. Yeah. How far back do we go?
0: <laughs> as far back as uh, to Jesus time like, where, where, where does the family begin? Now, wherever you want to start Okay
2: um, Well, hello, yes My name is Liz And I am a photographer I've been living in New York City since 2004 um, And yeah, I grew up in Maine And went to college My dad was a photographer um, Before I was born and so I always kind of grew up thinking that that's what cool adults did. Um, neither of my parents ever really had like, I don't know, like nine to five jobs for other people. They were self-employed entrepreneurs um, in and out of the creative world. And so I just always assumed that's what I would do as an adult. Um, Interesting. Didn't really have a backup plan. And I went to Bennington College, uh, studied photo, studied ceramics. And huh. when I got out of mm. school, I was like, "Cool, all my friends are from New York City. I think I'll just like go back there with them, and just get into some galleries, and we'll we'll just be a fine art photographer." And uh, I was a pretty green, naive little <laughs> pup. And uh,
0: as we all are, yeah, as we all yeah, are. you
2: know, I'm really grateful how naive I was. Like I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. We moved to Williamsburg in the fall of 2004. Uh, and I just remember feeling like it was sort of like a desolate, weird neighborhood. Like I would ride my bike to the Bedford Ave subway stop because I was like scared of getting mugged or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, exactly sure. But it, it definitely, there was no Whole Foods. There was no, you know, there Apple was Store. no chains oh, yeah, on, no, yeah. on Bedford Ave. And I remember it feeling, yeah, like a really, really sort of out there place, um, which is cute now. Um, like people <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. Give me back to What is this? Yeah. For people that are not familiar with Williamsburg, Brooklyn, now it is like an apple store into a Jamba juice, into a Starbucks, into a whole foods. And it is, um, basically like a strip mall. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's convenient, but there's not a lot of soul there anymore. Um, yeah, no. anyway, so I, I lived there and, uh, was trying to figure out how to be a fine art photographer and I took some really snarky street photos, and had absolutely no <laughs> in um, to the, the art world in New York. And so I started waiting tables a couple nights a week.
0: I we I know the blueprints, or at least I think I know the blueprint. We would we you know Jenny would know we as actors writers we were given some sort of blueprint as to how we're supposed to do this. And I've always been fascinated by you guys as photographers. Like, what is the blueprint? Like, what what is what do they say? You know, because we go to school, we audition. We yep. go to these things, we go to classes. Like, What are photographers told?
2: Oh, you're supposed to get a degree in something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea what. We barely had digital photography when I was in college. Um, and maybe that's yeah. more about my college than it does my age. Um, but at Bennington, we had, by my senior year, there was um, a janitor closet that they had put a couple computers in. And they were like, this is the digital darkroom. And I was like, ah! and I still shot with my medium format and like, um, you know, my seagull, like two and a quarter. Um, and then, yeah, there, it's like you, you get out of art school and you assist a photographer and they will show you how to do everything. Um, and so you combine that with all that business savvy and that art skill that you've learned in college. And then you just like go out on your own. That's it. It's really simple.
0: Should take oh, a yeah. couple okay. months. I mean, that yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> that, that sounds great. Um, so like. for
2: me it took a decade. Um <laughs> li- like very, the reality. very li- yeah, literally. Um, yeah, I mean I, I have a couple of friends who are medical professionals and I was always jealous that it's like okay you do these classes you take this Mm -hmm. test and then you will be qualified for this job and you decide which hospital Mm -hmm. which clinic you'd like to do this specific job in. but you know you'll make between 100 and 150k and like you you're literally qualified to do this job and with photo there is no blueprint there's no path there's no um yeah there's no there's no clear way forward and if you think that paying attention to the way that one person did it is going to work for you that's a fatal <laughs> mistake. I can tell you right here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I spent a lot of my early career comparing myself to other people or like wondering why that person got that job.
0: And an analogy, are you, is it like the same for like painters? Like when uh, people who use acrylic and canvas, as opposed to your canvas being a photo,
2: uh,
0: are you all, do you all see yourself in like a family that way or is it photographers you guys are there? Cause I, I've always, and I only ask cause that's how I envisioned it. You know, because you're all just painting, you know, painting with with life. Basically, I don't know if I'm making sense. But.
2: Yeah, no, I th- I think this with film. is a conversation that could take. Uh, I think there's no end to this conversation. It's uh, like commissioned versus fine art. Like I don't have a fine art practice anymore, but that's how I started out working with the camera. Um, so, ninety five percent of the image of, images that I take now are extremely scripted, and they are based on a shot list from a client and it's like a very very particular art. I'm more like a technician behind a camera. And while there's definitely art and people hire me because they want a certain look to their images and they know that I can consistently do that. Yeah, it's it's not fine art, but it is art. Um yeah. And with painters, I don't know how much how much work is commissioned versus like an expression of your true inner soul and like mm. your message that you want to share with the world. I don't I don't know what that is on a professional painter level, but I can tell you from being in the industry in the photo world for a long time, um, it's a it's a really complicated beast. I'm not sure if I'm an artist. And when you originally sent me this list of questions, uh, and you like it was like a finger pointing, and it was like you as an artist, what do you do? I was like, oh no, they think I'm something I'm not. Uh, I feel I'm, I feel really um, I feel squeamish or uncomfortable or like um uh I don't I'm not sure if I'm an artist, but I definitely make art every day according to other people's specs <laughs> huh yeah. i am utterly
1: fascinated oh. by that breakdown and mm-hmm. the fact that you're squeamish to imagine yourself as an artist especially <laughs> because you started out as a fine artist <laughs> um, and a photographer that wanted to have her work hung in galleries but then Man. now suddenly as a working and i'm gonna call you an artist i don't care what you think sorry liz I'm um uh it's just funny to me that now that like you're supporting yourself doing this creative thing that now you don't consider yourself an artist, and I find that utterly fascinating mm. or maybe not don't you that it makes you squeamish and i'm yeah curious
2: yeah i mean i I can wear the i can wear the term creative a little bit easier sure um and I'm definitely a photographer, I used to be so um low on my own emotional totem pole that i would say like i um i take pictures i wouldn't be a (laughs) photographer because people would invariably be like oh but how do you make money or like what else do you do and then i'd have to sheepishly be like oh well i I wait tables a couple nights a week um and so that i know that pain (laughs) yeah that felt too uncomfortable and i've been out of that game for over a decade now so i'm i'm pretty confident saying "I'm i'm a photographer but I'm a commercial photographer, I'm an advertising photographer. Sometimes I'm an editorial photographer, but I'm not a fine art.
1: If you were a fine art photographer again, would you call yourself an artist?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah, a, yeah. the slippery distinction.
1: Um, yeah, certainly.
2: And I was speaking with a friend last night, and she she was saying that like we go on, you know trips together and I casually take photographs of our friends hanging out around a bonfire. and she's like, are you trying to tell me that that's not art? Like you see it a certain way, you know how to exactly. use this tool. Is that not art? And I was like, uh, no, it's- because the intended audience is just a small group of us.
0: It's funny you said Maine. Um, So New York had to have been a big culture shock, was it? Like especially back in the day coming from Maine?
2: Oh, I was so young and dumb. I had no, I, I don't even think I was aware enough to be shocked. Um. That's like the kindest thing I can say about 21-year-old me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I spent a lot of time in college coming back and forth uh, to New York City to go to shows, to go to openings, to go to hookah bars, um, but mostly mostly to soak up the photo culture. Um, so it wasn't like I'd never been here, but uh, yeah, yeah, there were... I, there was some sweet, blissful ignorance that I think worked in my favor.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think some of that is part of like what fuels you to keep going because you just don't know anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I knew health insurance was so complicated, I don't think I would have been without it as long as I did.
0: <laughs> Do I get to have dental? I won. I'm yeah. like back in the day, it was like, what's Daniel? Who cares? Give me that candy book. Yeah. And I'm you like, 401 okay. k
1: And I was like a savings account. And I was like, who's who is that? I'm a starving artist.
0: Losers have that. Yeah. That's yeah. like the goal. That's what we're told. It's funny. I, I I'm making I was making a note, and you you um hearken back to things, um, points that other our other artists have brought up, and that's I feel like you're you embraced chaos. When you were saying, like, you didn't know, and it was okay. Like, I'm glad I didn't know. I find that so fascinating because I am total opposite. It's been freaking me out. But, like, teach me.
2: (laughs) You just have to rewind the clock 20 years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tom. Definitely not what you wanted to hear. (laughs) I
2: I think there was some, like, romance in just being, like, a bumbling uh, kid in New York. And it was, like, it was pre-Instagram and it was – pre-smartphone which that saved us all man that's crazy but (laughs) like i remember like going to places in new york and it was like we were going on these adventures and we could never find them again like we would have had no idea where we were in the moment and then the next day we couldn't like there was no way Mm. to trace back our steps and it would just be this magical place turns out it was called prospect park um (laughs) but we would literally just get lost in the city and um it was a sweet time. It was a sweet time. And I'm also really grateful that Instagram didn't exist when I was first trying to start my career. Um mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful in some ways, and it can be very, very toxic um, as a way to compare yourself or to, you know, why why am I here and this person's there?
0: Do you see people on these, I say the Instagrams and the TikToks and everything, do you see talent in these novices who are running around with the camera or
2: absolutely absolutely and it's also like incredible that people who would not normally be going to museums or looking at uh fine art images people are honing in on this like visual language that's much much more sophisticated and elegant than i was at 20 you don't have to go searching out for it now it's just directly in front of you if you choose to follow that person um yeah I think people are, at a much younger age with much much less effort are more visually sophisticated than than we certainly were <laughs> at, yeah, yeah at that yeah. point in time
1: so Liz, <laughs> I'm curious too because i I'm just fascinated by this by this conversation of like um you know how you feel working in the commercial space and then how you feel how you felt you know as a fine art photographer, so I want to ask you. When you were sort of this up-and-coming budding artist in New York City running around Prospect Park, getting inspired by all the words around you um, or the world around you, um, what, what are some really rewarding projects, pieces, photos from that time that like propelled you forward? And then I'm going to ask you commercially, is there, some, is there some projects, pieces, photos that make you feel kind of the same way? But let's start with let's start with the fine art times.
2: Oh I like work that I created myself? Yes, yes. Oh yes. No no none of it. <laughs> 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 oh it was too so bad. There it's it's like, a uh, blessing. Abort, a abort. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> I think I took like 20 photos and I was just like, these are my photos. I'm not like taking more of them. I was like, this is my body of work. I'm just going to like try and milk this for as long as possible. Um, and it was like my senior thesis. In
1: oh my God.
2: Yeah, no, it was, uh, it wasn't good, Jenny. No, 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 um,
1: <laughs> why wasn't it good?
2: Why wasn't it good? I had no point of view. I was just like, um. I didn't have technical skills. I didn't have anything interesting to say with my camera. Um, and this is something that we were talking about uh, briefly before we sat down to record this. Um, there's this really, really incredible iroglass uh, piece, and it's, uh, it's called On Creativity, I believe. And he basically talks about, like, we all get into this industry, mm-hmm. whatever this creative uh, industry is. Because we recognize when something has quality and merit and and it moves us in some way. So essentially like we're honing in on what our tastes are, and like we can feel what is good and what is bad and what is successful and what is not successful. But whether or not you have the technical skills and the experience to put yourself into that same sphere as the people that are making that work that that moves you, um, that's sort of that's that lag point in time. And he talks a lot about how, when you when you know that you're disappointing yourself when you can see that it's not quite working that's when a lot of people are like shit i should probably get a real job um and if you can make it through that that painful period of time and it might be months more likely than not it's going to be closer to a decade uh for most people like if you can Mm -hmm. make it through that period of time where your taste and your technical skill set can catch up to each other Mm. you're golden um and so I think you, know, you have to be uncomfortable are, with that. Or you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortableness of it.
1: Absolutely. Um, why are you
0: not professing at a university? Because <laughs> like, like, I, I know like, she
2: just cracked the
1: code. That was the formula right there. I mean, that, that's Ira Glass, man. That's not me. That's like
0: half, <laughs> He's half, Jesus, half, Jesus. half the stuff that they never tell anybody. Yeah. You know, like they never tell anybody. and Well, artists in, in the arts, like in lawyers, doctors, firefighter they'll go in and they this is what it's going to be and blah blah you know like but the rest of us they're like oh let's just focus on oh you don't have to worry about the business you don't have to worry about how you're going to do this and how it's life is such gonna, bullshit yeah. It's yeah change and yeah i'm like mm-hmm. or professor claiming was- La- ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Columbia, <laughs> Columbia, you, hello. <laughs>
2: or like well, do you think and that's a- gonna be like a break like there's gonna be like a moment when like you're just discovered which is also like absolute crock of shit yeah
1: totally and that's what they say too like a stand-up no stand-up comedians i say they say they say i dabbled in stand-up i was fucking terrible but uh but they say it takes 10 years to do a tight five and then once you can do a tight five you can do an hour but it takes 10 years to develop a tight five and that's 10 years of like going to open mics every fucking day and working on jokes
2: when you say a tight five you mean like a a five minute set that
0: Mm
2: -hmm, mm wow yeah yeah. Ten years
1: to do a type five. Right. That's like generally the industry standard. But like when you start doing stand-up, nobody tells you that.
2: Yeah. You know? Otherwise no one would yeah. start, right? Exactly. <laughs> They're yeah. like, what are you gonna do this for a decade?
1: You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. So you, you have to uh, be you have to be okay and at peace with those really awkward, gangly years. And also figure out how to eat and support yourself and like um appease your parents who are like, hey, that degree was so, so incredibly expensive. Are you sure you still like to wait tables? And I I remember a phone call from my dad, who is a very patient person with me. And he was just like, we're so proud of you. You've been at this restaurant for six years now, Mm -hmm. dot, 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 dot. And I was like, I just need like 10 more minutes and I promise I'll I'll figure it out. And yeah, I I was literally, I waited tables for eight years. Um, can you say where at Pearl Oyster Bar one of New York City's like absolute gems they're still there they've been around for 20 years Um, yeah and there are people that are still working at Pearl that started before I started and are are there present day and it's it's a very special place and I feel like um you know that they're like family like you don't necessarily like them but you love them
1: yeah yeah.
2: and you know after I when I was still in the like gangly teenage years of my photo career on my days when I wasn't waiting tables, they would hire me uh, to come in and take photos of the food and I take photos that. of the space. So those were some of my first clients was also my restaurant that I waited tables at. Um, Which well, would- is that cause like, cause you know,
1: Liz, we, like that's food photography, restaurant photography, cocktail photography. Mm-hmm. is like, I, I, I would say it's sort of your niche and please correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Pearl that sort of started
2: that for you? Um, definitely in part, in part, um, the phrase that I use now is, uh, either a culinary photographer or hospitality photographer. Um, A lot of my work is not just food and beverage and cocktail, but taking portraits of the people behind it, taking photographs mm -hmm. of the space, uh, taking photographs of the design and the texture, um, of the space that it's all served in. So it's like a, it's a more full full body experience than just like a plate of food um, on any old table. Um, but I definitely met a lot of chefs because Pearl is one of those spots where chefs and industry people are going out to eat when they're not at work. So I would meet right. chefs um, and be like, Hey, like I have an SLR. Can I come hang out with you tomorrow? Right. And so many people were like, yeah, of course kiddo. Uh, and like, I have no idea if those images were ever useful or beneficial for them. But for me, it was really, um, it was really just like building that portfolio and I already spoke kitchen. And that is something that I still Mm. like knowing how to stay behind you, understanding how frenetic those moments right before either a restaurant opens for the very first time or a restaurant opens for another Friday night. But it's like, you don't want to be taking somebody's portrait 10 minutes before they open for a busy Friday night for 200 people in the books. Like, you know, it's, so it's a lot of it is me guiding the timing of shoots and, and that all came from being in front of the house for so long that I know, I know what to ask I, for. I, I,
0: love I love that. that. You're that. one of, you're like one of the few, cause like waiting, I know for, and I think I can speak for Jenny, but like, but like waiting tables was like a soul crushing, sucking, you know, experience. <laughs> like I think, and I think for a lot of people, particularly artists, it is, cause they're all like, this is not my dreams, not my destiny. Um, But I think it's funny. I think you were one of maybe the few people I've ever met who embraced it in a way to make it all work together, like to be like, oh, you know, the food industry, you know, I am this this isn't awful, the most dreadful, and I'm gonna, I utilize, I'm gonna utilize it in every possible way. Am I wrong? Is that
2: no? And if anything, it's more than that. I. I'm going to sound like a psycho. I enjoyed it. I loved waiting tables. I was, I was so good at it. You guys, like I would literally be like opening the low boy reach in with the champagne with my foot as I'm ringing a credit card, as I'm on the phone and like also visually telling somebody that I see them, but I just need two seconds to get their drink order. Like I was, an I worked behind the bar Wednesday nights and we would have, um, there was like a crew of wonderful, wonderful regulars that would come in at six o'clock and like they would call us to let us know if they weren't coming in at six p.m., so we wouldn't worry about them. And so what I mean, it That's it taught awesome. me about uh, what what hospitality is in New York City in a way that like I don't I don't know if I would have ever gotten from being a diner or a civilian, uh, as they say, mm. in a restaurant. Like really being immersed in that culture and seeing people going out by themselves and bringing a book and having like a $35 entree and having like the best night. Um, It was just, it was so inspiring to me. It was so classy. It's like, you know, a lot of people that are not in, in big cities, you get that like urban dream from what is it like sex in the city? It's definitely mm-hmm. not like Seinfeld, but, um, you know, yeah. you, see, you see snippets Felicity for yeah. a certain generation, oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> right. You, you see what city life can be like and you're like, yes, that's what I want. And for me, I was like, I don't, I don't want to wear stilettos. I I think martinis are a little intense. Um, and so Pearl <laughs> Bar is this really cool in between spot where it's like a lot of artists, a lot of actors, a lot of, yeah, just like a lot of cool people. Uh, that I got exposed to, so yeah, I'm a psycho. I absolutely loved waiting tables, and honestly, no, it, that's great. If it I, didn't take me physical energy and time, I would like still love to be there one night a week. But I got high-techs behind the camera now.
0: I, I can't <laughs> tell you like how many restaurant people are going to hear this who are having like staffing crisis. I mean, like, call, can I call you? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do we find you or someone yeah. like you or ten of you or like? I mean, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: I, I will change. say, no, I, I worked in and I, there was like when Tom and I were living in Florida, there was restaurant jobs that I freaking hated because we like all the only options you have in Florida are like chain restaurants. Oh. But my first job in New York City, when I moved to New York City in 2006, was a buddy of mine was a professional. Uh, he was an assistant to the vice president of ABC, like the entire company. And he got me a job at his VP's favorite restaurant, which was BLT Prime at the time. Yeah. Yeah, On 6th yeah, Avenue? Which, Uh, the, the one on park. Oh, okay. Okay. So the, so prime, not steak. Got it. And Laurent Turandel was in the kitchen and Mark Forgione was his sous chef at the time. (laughs) And so I got like the last of Laurent Turandel. if anybody's a foodie here and under, and knows sort of knows those names. And Forgione is obviously a freaking iron chef now or was for a bit. Um, so, and I fell in love with the food. And it was the first time I'd ever talked to a sommelier and it was the first time I ever learned like the difference between wine varietals. And it was the first time I remember the the moment that I was like, oh, I can do this is like the first time they brought in white truffles for the season. And I stuck my head into the jar and the chef got super pissed at me because I like stuck my head in a jar of like, you know, thousands of dollars worth of truffles just so I could smell them. And he was like, if you ever do that again, like I got a stern talking to, but the smell of those truffles changed my world
0: that <laughs> <laughs> was a good thousand dollars that was like
1: yeah I, yeah I mean, yeah and so, so yeah i was a terrible i am a terrible absolutely terrible waitress like i'm the worst Like I get way too stressed out. I get really bad at multitasking when I'm in the weeds, which is exactly when you need to be multitasking Yeah. because like my emotions take over and I'm just terrible at being in the weeds. And so my GM used to call me his diner waitress and would just always put me in the front. I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I take no offense. I'm a little rough around the edges.
2: (laughs) It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Yeah.
1: I just I wasn't good at it, but I liked being in the industry. I like the hustle and bustle. I like being. If you felt like you were in the middle, if you feel like in New York when you're in the restaurant industry and you're at a restaurant that has a little bit of clout, you just feel mm. like you're at the center of the universe. You know? Yeah. I, it,
2: I mean, it's very theatrical. There's like there's a the lead up, the energy, the nervousness about you know when the doors are about to open, and then it's just like the night flies by. You're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, and then all of a sudden you've like you're sitting down with all of your like. Uh, cohorts. Co- yeah, cohorts and you're just like we just ran a marathon together and we killed it. Um, so there's a lot yeah, of like, camaraderie yeah. and and it is other survivors. Show, yeah. and you just start again the next day. There's like no bad feelings. No.
0: It's funny because I I'm I unfortunately like really good at it and and I'm not I just don't embrace. You're really
2: good at it. And oh, yeah.
0: I, I I'm okay in the chaos as long as every I, I don't mind chaos and I can multitask it. But stupid things drive me crazy and I'm like because this doesn't have to be crazy and I remember. I did work at one place. Um, There was a big deal right in the heart of the theater district. And we'd have like casts come in before and after and just start breaking out into chorus, you know, in the middle of like dinner. <laughs> and like I, I was it was it was fun. But it was also like, me, yeah, I just I just hated doing it. And I was like and I, it was so much fun and, and crazy. But I was still like, I got to get out of here. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But I did meet a lot of cool people. But I just I guess I'm somewhere in between the two of you. Like, yeah. embrace yeah. uh, level. Yeah.
2: And I also think there's, like, a a great – I have a great respect for people who are career servers and, like, truly, genuinely enjoy it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's – I think, yeah, for a while I was like, wait, maybe I am a career server. I do love this. Like, why is everybody asking me what do I really want to be? Like, why can't they just be content with my choice right now? And Yeah. um, But I think in the case of my parents, they were like, we know what you really have set out to want to do for a very long time. So – Let's get the show on
0: the road. Aside from just waiting, aside from waiting tables, there are a lot of people who do this. I mean, managers, sommeliers, chefs, like this is where everybody starts. This people want, and which is crazy to me. I'm like, you want to spend your life being hospitable to others? I'm like, (laughs) I'm just every day? Like like, my heart, my heart goes out
1: to you. God, you are so
0: much more. than me. Like, so... So about cool. back to, but like, are we are we should we have a whole podcast on waiting tables. But no,
1: absolutely. Yeah. The restaurant edition. Um, well then, I mean, clearly then Liz, would you say that this love of like, I mean, it's so clear to me that like your love of waiting tables and your love of being in the restaurant industry, like probably just shines through in your photos of being a culinary and hospitality photographer. Um, what are some of the things that keep you coming back to that? Particular niche, um, aside from clearly just having a foundational love for for the industry.
0: Well, that's could be said too, real <laughs> quick. It's like you, if you had that crux, that moment you said a second ago, where your crossroads, like I could do this as uh, go into hospitality. Like, so what? Yeah, how did art grab you? How did or
1: keep you hostage? <laughs> um, <laughs> or makes you not feel like an artist for whatever reason. I,
2: I think the further you get in your career, the higher the budgets are, the fancier the clients are, and the larger the corporations you're shooting for is they, the shot lists start to become extremely, extremely specific. Um, So they'll say like, we need an image and we want this specific cocktail on this part of the frame. And then in this side, we want to see the action of a bartender wearing this color palette, doing this specific action, but we want them Mm. to be blurred. So it becomes very, um, scripted and it's more like a technical execution of somebody else's creative dream. Um, and there's not much of okay. like, obviously like I can't take a photo any other way than like how, how my, like my person knows how to, like there's only one type of photo I'm going to make. It's going to look like a Liz, but, um, Sure. It's not my I'm not coming up with the the overall content anymore and it's the shot lists are, are very very specific and so I feel like I'm more like a a technician and like a I'm really good at executing other people's specific creative vision. If somebody tells me I can just mm. go into their restaurant and I've got 4 hours to just capture the vibe, obviously, what a dream. That's my favorite type of client. And that happens sometimes still, but um, nice. a lot of a lot of what I do is like making a web designer's life easy by shooting a plate of seafood with a dark marble surface with negative space on the left so they can overlay text or something. <laughs> right. um, you know I'm trying to make other people's jobs easy and part of yeah part of that is is being able to to technically pull it off. Um, I think a lot about, And I think the sensitivity probably goes back to being in a small restaurant and seeing how it worked. But I think a lot about the layers that go into making a photograph, specifically of food or anything in a restaurant. It's like this, you know, steak didn't just end up on this plate uh, randomly. Mm -hmm. A lot of thought went into the specific cut of beef uh, the specific plateware that it's on the table texture that it's on the glassware uh, there's no like accidents like it, they didn't just happen to have some bok choy laying around so they plated that <laughs> on the side like it's all very very intentional and so other people's creative decisions are then layered underneath my creative decisions um, and it becomes this big sandwich and it's I, I don't take it lightly I feel I feel very great responsibility to do to do their work justice, basically. Like, if I'm, if I can make what decisions they've made in the past look better in two dimension than they've seen before, or than it does in real life, then that's when I'm doing my job well. But it's, it's like, a, you know, it, it seems frivolous. It's like, yeah, we all eat three meals a day. Restaurants are fun, yada, yada, yada. But it's actually like, this guy's paying for his mom's health insurance yeah. by being able to get diners in these seats and like, it gets deep. Like can their kids go to college based on the success of this restaurant, how captivating the header image is on their website is part of if his kid will get an education in 10 years, you know, like (laughs) we can go deep with it. And I, I I feel honored that people trust me with it. Um, and again, talking about like friends who literally are saving people's lives, who are nurse practitioners and midwives for their jobs. Um, I can really beat myself up sometimes about having sort of a frivolous um, undertaking as my profession, but it matters. Art matters. It, it matters have, to be surrounded by beauty. Um, but you have like
0: a universal deep respect that even I'm like, oh, I'm such an asshole. Because I'm like, I'm like, because you, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> like I, I I never saw it that way. You know, it is somebody's life. It is somebody's job, and you you treat it as if like I was just thinking. I'm like, it must be like if your work is going out to a gallery that you can't get to, you want to hope that the, the people who are running this gallery are going to do you your best, going to do the best for you because this is your work and you put so much into it. And so because it's, it's a two way street, and that's great. I mean, and that's that's really that's that's fancy. You're such a good person, Liz.
2: Mm. <laughs> they're they're
0: claiming just you know like i'm like oh by the way i'm running down so much merch for you already like i mean the merch store for liz i'm like Uh i want t-shirts that say is it a liz
1: Mm." as a creative technician you've convinced me i'll stop you know (laughs) um i i see you on instagram as a friend and i see some of the photos you take um especially of of your daughter um and liz for for those of you that don't know is um I, i would you call yourself a new mother
2: still Oh, yeah. In my head, she's a newborn. Um, yeah, Pepper will be two in April.
1: <laughs> Pepper's the cutest baby I've ever seen in my life.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, um, a, a pandemic.
0: You did this during the pandemic, too. Oof.
2: Yeah, we didn't plan that one. Um, she was born... <laughs> do you guys remember the week when you were still, like, washing bananas and leaving mail outside for five days because we didn't know... <laughs> how you got COVID. That was the week Pepper came into the world. Um, So wouldn't recommend giving birth at uh, the beginning of a new pandemic. But honestly, it's been pretty fun uh, getting to spend a lot of time with her. And I don't work as much as I did before at any stretch of the imagination. And I'm very happy.
1: (laughs) Good. We love that. Get to hang with the yeah. I mean, is Pepper inspiring you or is anything inspiring you these days when you're when you get out of your techni you know, your creative technician work? Um is are you starting to feel what's what's the kind of pictures that fill your cup these days? What are the kind of hmm. photographs that like are that keep you that keep your soul full?
2: I mean, it it uh this is probably a very obvious answer, but just like looking at, um, yeah, looking at my daughter and, like, watching her grow up and mature. And, like, you can just, like, you can just see her her innocence and her pureness, like, from the shape of her nose or, like, her little <laughs> toes are just so, she's just so pure. Um, and so that is really the only thing that I shoot for fun these days are photographs of Pepper um and my husband and it's very like personal work and I never I was never a particularly edgy person, <laughs> but I was like, I'm not gonna be one of those one of those moms that just like uh fills my Instagram with baby toes. Like I want to still like be cool, like I still, you know, I'm a professional person aside or on top of or in addition to being somebody's mom. Uh mm. and then that just went out the window so quickly. She's so cute. Um <laughs> And this crazy thing has happened. like I posted a photograph about um, breastfeeding for antibodies because she's too young to be vaccinated at this point. And I lost so many followers, like an immediate mass exodus, and I got, I don't know, like like eight times more likes and engagement than any photo I post of a beautiful cocktail. Um, so it's sort of like this wonderful like um, organic house cleaning. Where I was just like, yeah, if you guys aren't here for it, like, I am, um, I could talk about breastfeeding all day long. Yeah. I could talk about cocktail photography all day long. So, like, if you're not here for both of those things, like, good riddance. Um, but yeah. that was really interesting to me.
1: <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So, you lost yeah. a bunch of followers, but then still got a shit ton of engagement from the oh people that stayed. Yeah. Like, so, the people that stayed was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And then, wow. everyone, and then people were like, antibodies, faxes,
2: I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Like, 60 Oof. people, like, within an hour were just like, bye.
0: Oh my wow. god, people were so That's, extreme these days. God, you can't even just so much closed mindedness. It's so sad. Know, it's so it. it's I was like, but, and there's like a
2: little side boob in this photo. Like it's a great photo. Um, <laughs> I was like, what are you what's wrong with you guys?
0: It's but, a liz. <laughs> so in the end, um I there's two questions we asked, but I'm always like uh, actually they can they correlate together. And it's like what I was waiting
1: for Tom's this was your signal. You picked it up bum, right bum, where I expected bum.
0: you to. No. Tom's <laughs> favorite.
1: Ba- Favorite question oh, to ask.
2: Back
0: to darkness. No, no,
1: like,
2: like, like, Go like, easy on me, Tom.
0: There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of slogging. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of, um, that we put ourselves through to do this. Like, I mean, what do you, what, what is the worst part of, like, about this business? And do you have, looking back, do you have regrets? Like you could have gone different ways. You could have another, uh, other kids by now. You're going to be a profession and be even more, even more, you know, successful in that profession. Do you look back and say, you know what? No, I did the right thing. I missed out on a lot of things, but you know what? I mean, any regrets, any things?
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, I wish I hadn't waited as long as I did to go full freelance. Um, I was terrified absolutely terrified. I think I I think it was 2011 or 2012 um and I was still working at the restaurant and I was having I was having like pre-production calls. I was shooting for uh, the Food Network for a TV show called um Beat Bobby Flay, which I think is still on. Um I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. it's an incredible show. Go Bobby. Um so I was like in between my restaurant shifts like having pre-pro calls with Food Network Uh, cruise and missing shoots for New York mag because I couldn't get my lunch shift covered. Uh, And it like, it took me months of this like torturous juggling and I, I completely understand it, but I I was just terrified uh, to go Mm. out on my own. Um, I didn't do like a full, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I I didn't assist a ton of photographers. I didn't have a firm grasp on how to make an estimate or an invoice or, Mm -hmm. Um I felt like I didn't know how to run a business at all. Um maybe a little bit, but like I I didn't. I was still making my invoices like in Photoshop using the type tool. <laughs> oh god, so cute. I don't,
0: I don't even know how to get in Photoshop. So
2: okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, I can tell you what not to do. Um okay. So don't I, make your invoices wish, in Photoshop. <laughs> I wish I had believed in myself a couple years before I did. Um I think I was just too hesitant, and uh, and I wish I had taken advantage of why I lived in New York City, and uh, I wish I had known what networking was. I wish I had mm. gone to events for the purpose of meeting people who were further down the road in their career. Um, Interesting. I would say mm-hmm. pretty frequently I get emails from people who are like either still in college or just graduated college, and they're like, "We think you have a cool job. Can we talk to you about how you got here?" And I will never ignore those those emails because it's like i wish i had been smart enough to send those emails myself uh when yeah. i was 22 but i wasn't and um yeah I, I i
0: think that we get so so caught up in well even us with like promoting this podcast like should i do this blast to literally everybody and like why not these kids today they don't care there's i think there is decorum there is such thing as decorum. And sure. I, what I think was indoctrinated in us is like an oversensitivity to it. We don't act that way. You don't overstep that way. That's rude. They're not going to like that. Well, you know mm. what? So send it. Who cares? If they don't like it, then fine. They won't answer. or They'll write you off. This be yeah. somebody else.
2: I don't even think yeah. I got that far. It didn't even occur to me. <laughs> I wasn't like, maybe I should do this. No, this is a bad idea. I was just like, I had no, I, I thought I would just be discovered walking up Third Avenue or something. Like, I, yeah. I don't know.
1: With I your know. camera around your neck. Yeah, You're like, I oh yeah, everyone's just going to
2: know. You um, a
1: photographer, come here. <laughs> we're using you. I yeah. <laughs> um
2: I you know, I, I, love I those sent days. I sent a lot of cold emails and I had like a pretty uh intense type A system for contacting like specific people at at publications that I wanted to work for, but like I didn't it didn't occur to me to reach out to other photographers.
1: Um, That's so funny. Yeah. Reach I out love- to other photographers, aspiring photographers.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> reach out to other everything, aspiring everybody's. I, True. I, oh, yeah. I, I love, though, that I pull out the dark card and Liz finds a way to, to circumvent me and bring it back to more.
1: <laughs> like, I'm like, right? Damn. I'm like, she that defies everything. your bitterness, Tom.
2: <laughs> you're like a, you're a mild bitter, though. <laughs> your bitter is very cute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So um, Liz, this is is Shameless Plug time. Great. You've uh, beautifully made your way through our narrative. So thank you so much. Did we do it? We did it. We did it. This is your time to promote your work. Is there anything that you would like to tell listeners about is there a website to visit is there an instagram to follow how do they hire you how do they hire you do you want to be if you don't want to be hired you just tell everyone to fuck off and follow you on instagram no no
2: no 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 um i yeah i i'm a pretty uncreative uh instagram handler i'm the most googleable uh it's just my name liz clayman c-l-a-y-m-a-n and that's my website that's my instagram um the, there will be some side boob pro breastfeeding pro vaccine posts. There will be some professional work, um.
0: <laughs> and on there you are freelance you to you to work if people are looking to hire you. If they like what they see, they just reach out through to through your website. Yep, fabulous, yeah. fabulous. I have two questions before we go. Well, one question and one thing. Um. Uh, first, the Ira Glassman thing that you sent. Yeah. I loved it. So just tell people where they can find it.
2: Um, I believe... Everybody
0: should watch it. It's two and a half minutes. Oh. It was like, yeah.
2: Yeah, it really it really speaks to you. And you're just like, oh my God. I don't know if... Is he a New York celebrity? Is he a, a global celebrity? I don't know. But I sweat Ira Glass uh, very much. And he, he does amazing, amazing audio work. Um, I believe if you Google Ira Glass on creativity, um, you will find... You'll find this clip. Yeah, it's it's like a two minute long thing, and there there are longer sessions from it, but um, this is like a little excerpt that will just make you feel good about taking your sweet ass time and being gentle to yourself. That your your taste and your technical skills will not always be in sync, but eventually someday they will be. And like sometimes now, my technical skills are ahead of my taste, and I'll take something huh. and look at it later on the computer and be like, oh my god, this is beautiful. How yeah. you do this? So it the will girl. it will take, and they they won't always be yeah they won't always be so terribly out of sync. Um,
0: and on a on a legal note, um, it's Ira Glass. Let's get me saying Ira Glass. I said Ira yes, Glassman. Yes. I'm so I'm like I sorry, Ira Glass. It. How do we find Ira Glass? We can um, add that in. Um. And the other the other thing, just for my own sanity, list, have you ever um photographed at a restaurant and then gone back to eat there and they served you the dish and you're like, this is not what I photographed. <laughs>
2: Oh, of course, of course.
0: Not like this Mm-mm. Oh no,
2: no, 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 no. It's like uh, if you're photography you know, it's like this this balance between being true to what you'll order because those fucking people on Yelp will be like, I saw the caviar on Instagram and when I ordered it Tuesday afternoon with my friends was very disappointed at the quantity. Um so you need you need to be, you know, a little realistic because of Yelp. Um but <laughs> we always, you know, we want to look our best on camera. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it.
2: Well, you're
1: an absolute delight, Liz Clayman. I'm so glad we reconnected and I'm so glad you were game to talk to us. Oh my gosh. Um, thank, thank you thank for you're... making me
2: think about what an artist is. Am I an artist? The jury's
1: yeah. still out. I yes. Love, I love you. are an artist and a creative technician. <laughs> <There we go. laughs>
0: I love the, 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 the affirmity you have though. And like, I create art, but I'm not an artist. I'm like, she's oh, yeah. Just afraid of saying it. It's like, well, we must have you back because like, there's so much more to mine there. I, I just think you've been utterly fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us and giving of your time away from your daughter and, and everything and, and for giving us your generosity. Thank you.
2: My gosh, it was an absolute pleasure. You guys are amazing. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please check in again. Please follow us on our places, our Instagrams and Twitters
1: and Facebooks. And we love you. You guys know what to do with podcasts. You're supposed to subscribe. You're supposed to tell your friends. You're supposed to send links out. We love a little word of mouth. So please use your mouth. And with that, without further ado, Tom, I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to The Unusual Creatures. We love telling the stories of these creatives, and we hope you love listening to them.
0: You know the drill. Subscriber, you love listening to pods. Send links to your friends and tell everyone you know about this show. And I mean, everyone. Counting the minutes until we meet again. And keeping unusual creatures.